Bonjour, I am Estelle, your host, and this is Wildlife Conservation Insights, the podcast dedicated to the connections between wildlife and human being. You want to know more about wildlife, about what's going on, why some species are getting endangered, what are the challenges our world is facing, you want to meet people that dedicate their life to save animal species, You want to be proactive and also participate in species conservation? This podcast is for you. Welcome to Wildlife Conservation Insights. This is episode 10. This episode is very special as it was recorded live. My guest today is Dr. Cécile Gaspard. She invited me to French Polynesia to help her out with the diagnostic and medical treatment of sick sea turtles. It is one of these times when you connect deeply with someone and that gives you new hope for our planet, faith in what you're doing and energy. I'm very happy to be back to share this new episode with you. We discussed about our NGO Temanao Temoana, a work with sea turtles, ocean conservation and the fact that nothing is given. You have to go get what you want and believe in your projects. Cécile is a French environmental specialist settled in French Polynesia since 1993. She specialized in marine environment with a degree in veterinary medicine, a MBA and a PhD in marine ecology. In 2004, she co-founded Temanao Temoana, a NGO that means Spirit of the Ocean, and ran it at the president till 2018, before becoming its strategy and conservation programs director in 2020. This NGO has three objectives, education, conservation, and research on the Polynesian marine environment. Jean-Michel Cousteau and the French astronaut Jean-François Clairvoy are its ambassadors Cécile is an official sea turtle expert for the IUCN. She developed a dedicated sea turtle clinic in Morea, which has welcomed more than 600 sick and injured turtles to this day. She has set up a long-term green turtle nesting monitoring program on Marlon Brando's Tetiora Atoll since 27. A foundation has developed educational programs and received over 100,000 children up to date. The foundation is one of the leaders of the AME, which means Air Educative Marine, Education Marine Area concept in French Polynesia. Cécile is one of the founding members of Ocean of World Ocean Network and the French Polynesian Uh, maritime cluster. She's also part of the board and scientific committee of Tetiora Society Foundation and she has joined Pacific Beachcomber Group as its sustainability coordinator. In this regard, Cecile contributes to the corporate social responsibility plan of the group and develops tangible actions in conservation in each properties as well as makes sustainability the core value of Pacific Beachcomber. 
Cecil Gaspar has been honored as a Knight of the National Order of Merit in 2012. Without further ado, it is my great pleasure to welcome my guest, Dr. Cecil Gaspar. Hello, Cecile. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you. So, so this is a very special episode because Cecile is today with me in person. So there is no recording. Like uh, I'm actually in Tahiti. Well, I'm in Moria, right? Yes, which is different. It's which, a small island. Exactly. But, yeah. And it's so beautiful and it's amazing. So And Cecile invited me. So I'm delighted to be here. And so today we're going to talk about our association and sea turtle. So we're really lucky. It's actually in the middle of the afternoon right now. Yes. Yes. And the weather is beautiful. It's always beautiful here, right? It's always warm. Sometimes it's going to be rainy, but it never lasts very long. Okay. So actually, I saw it yesterday, right? Yeah. Or the day before. You could have a very heavy rain and five minutes later... Full yeah, yeah, I love really. it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I'm delighted to have you as my guest. It's really wonderful. Thank you so, so much. And I'm going to start by telling you to tell us a little bit about yourself and okay. how you got, I couldn't say how you got into this field, but how you got to create what you created because it's a, it's it's a huge project that you you actually created and um, and I want you to tell us about that. Okay, okay. So I have a, a story that it's quite long to explain, but to go short, I was uh, so lucky to be able to come first a time uh, for the first time in French Polynesia into in 1993, and I didn't have a specific project at that time because I was based in uh, Indian Ocean, in Rainan Island, as a vet. I was doing um, cats and dogs and pigs in, in Rainan Island, <laughs> which was really fun. But then I had the chance to come here to visit my dad, who was living here in Mora Island. And um, I had the plan to go back to uh, Indian Ocean, and everything was planned. And when I arrived here, I guess as you, I was very surprised about... First of all, the local people, you know, the Asian people are very welcoming and the culture and everything and their nature. And then I slightly wonder if I would go back or try to stay here. And then I think it's how life is sometimes creating um, opportunities. opportunities or events. Um, I arrived right at the beginning of um, the launch of a new Delphinarium, you could call it. Oh, yes. uh, it. It was a swim with the dolphin program. Uh, back then, with a Dolphin Quest company, yes. who used to be set up in Hawaii, uh, on the Big Island, on Oahu, and in Bermuda. And they were looking for a vet. And I was a young vet. I had no experience in uh, marine mammal. But I was really interested in this field, and I did my uh, veterinary thesis, thesis? Yes. on uh, the comparison of free diving between human and dolphins. So I knew some people, and I was involved in it, but I was never thinking I, wa I would be able one day to find a job in this field. But when I saw this opening of a new place in French Polynesia Battle, I looked up who was uh, the developer, yes. and I was lucky enough to find uh, a vet from the U.S. that I knew from IMATA conferences, Yeah, like all back in 1999, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I contacted him, and it was very interesting because I was already set up here. Mm -hmm. So this is how I decided to stay here. And I love your story. That's wonderful. <laughs> Funny. <Yeah. laughs> 
yeah, as you say, sometimes life creates some crazy opportunity and, uh, and then it's all about networking, right? Exactly. And so when I started, I knew nothing about how to take care about, you know, dolphin and everything. So this vet teach me everything. And I was able, um, little by little, little by little to learn about, uh, about that more. I was able to create a small office and a small practice. And then a lot of local people helped me. That was great. And then we got a lot of training coming from Dolphin Quest in the U.S. Yes. To help at least um, training some trainers, you yes. know, because nobody knew anything about, yes. about that. And the concept was very interesting because there was a lot of education and public awareness for the local people, mm -hmm. which I really loved. And this is how I really started to be involved in educating people, looking at developing materials for the mm -hmm. local people. And this is how down the road, because I didn't do that right away, I thought about creating my own NGO. Yes. And this took me 10 years, basically, mm -hmm. because I created this foundation, this NGO, in 2004. So what is the name of your of your NGO? I love the name. Okay. And, and then you need to tell us what that means okay. as well. So the name, okay, here in Tahiti, it's, mm -hmm. very, it's very funny. You may have uh, found that. The local name, uh, they are very hard to pronounce yes. because the letter R yeah. has to be rolled. You know, you, yeah. you have to speak in such way. And I didn't want that to be difficult to pronounce for yeah. people. So I pick up two names. Without any R. Without any R. <laughs> that's it. That's a very good reason. And I love the A, so yes. you know why. And one of my uh, Tahitian colleagues who worked uh, with dolphins helped me to put the name together. But I wanted to have the name Ocean in it because mm -hmm. my passion and the goal of the NGO would be oriented towards uh, ocean protection. Yes. And then a very strong word in Tahitian is mana. And mana means the strength, the power, the spirit. It's a very, very, very special word for the local people in all the South Pacific, by the way. So we call it Temana or Temoana. It's easy to pronounce, a lot of A. And Mana is the spirit and the strength, and Moana is the ocean. Yeah. So it means the spirit of the ocean. Yeah, that's a beautiful name. I really love it. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, and as you say, you use like local, like Tahitian, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's very important because then people can actually rely on, they can, they know what that means. Yeah. And oh, they yeah. are more, they feel that they are more involved, yeah. actually. They are linked to it. And yes. we figured out also there was a lot we could do to help them uh, mix their um, cultural knowledge to scientific knowledge. And so we created this bond between culture and nature for everybody to feel involved in the same process, which is just conservation yes. and helping nature. Yeah. So at that time, you were still working with dolphins. And at the same time, you also created your NGO. And little by little, your NGO took more, like it took for you more, t like you developed more and more. It, it, it actually spread up a little bit. So how was this process? Like, how, how did you get to the result where you are now? Because it actually, yeah, it, I would say it's, it grew bigger. Yeah. It grew bigger to the point where now you're really involving local people in education. You also do treatment, medical treatment of injured sea turtles. Mm -hmm. And you're also involving local people. So can you tell us a little bit about okay. that? So what I did, it was a very interesting period of my life because I was less involved in, uh, I would say, the business side of my involvement with the dolphin program. And I wanted to go back to uh, being a student. I wanted to learn more. 
I reached a point where I wanted to to become a student again. Yeah, to expand your knowledge. Yeah, expand my knowledge, but go back to school, basically. Yes. And so I was able to find a very good uh, professor in the local research center called mm -hmm. Trium, which is linked to CNRS, the French Research okay. Center. And I involved myself into a PhD. And I did that at the same time as I worked. And I did that at the same time as I created my NGO. And I had a little baby. I don't know why I did that. Yeah. <laughs> so I did this um, PhD on stingrays mm -hmm. here on Moria Island with a very interesting subject that was, was trying to understand the impact of the feeding for tourism purpose of the wild stingrays that mm -hmm. we could find here in the lagoon. And I spent all of my days uh, in the lagoon tracking animals, you know, following them. Awful videos. job, I can tell you, awful job. Oh, right so now, I'm just sitting in front of the lagoon. That's awful. <laughs> we spend nights and everything. was so fun. Anyway, th this put me back into this research uh, world. And I figured out also that in the research side of it, there was missing a piece about public awareness. There is a lot of very interesting knowledge that the researchers are putting together and publishing in scientific papers, yeah. but the local people will not have access to it yeah. because they may not understand or they don't have access so to it. So they will not know what, what, what are the results or yeah. what are the impacts. That yeah. is directly linked to their daily life. Yes. And at the same time also, it was very interesting this time, it was like between 202 and 205, mm -hmm. we had in French Polynesia the very first MPA created on Maria Island. Mm -hmm. And it was like a, a test MPA. Yeah. Uh, we have a local name here, but it, the process was to involve the local fishermen, the local people, the, the people who live around mm -hmm. the, the hotel, because there is a lot of tourism involved yes. here in the Moral Lagoon. And uh, of course, you know, the politics. And all was put together to try and make this Moria Island like a, a live research lab for mm -hmm. MPAs, for education, for research. And so all of that pushed me even more to create my NGO yeah. because we felt there was a missing piece of uh, an institution who could help teachers, local people, and just anybody who would find uh, faster some answers or some information about the question they have on nature. And so we concentrate more on lagoon and ocean because it's something that we decided and we cannot be you know, knowledgeable in everything. So yeah. that's why we created Temana Temoana. The way we start it was very easy because I created it with uh, one partner, one co-founder, who is the owner of a resort here in Morea that has a wonderful lagoon. Um, it's an uh, intercontinental hotel. And so Mr. Bailey, who is my co-founder of yes. this foundation, was very supportive. So what I did is I went to him and I said, I have an idea. I want to create an NGO. I'm not sure how I want to do it and everything. But the government trusted me to develop a small place to take care of sick or injured children. And as you know, they need space. You know, yeah. they need rehab time that can be very long. And so I went to Richard Berlin and I said, I have a project. I just need a piece of your lagoon in this very wonderful <laughs> resort where there is plenty of guests. And it's like, this is a very important topic. Take the piece you want. And we make it a situator rehab center. So it was easy. Just like that. Yeah. So we did that. Yeah. And we slightly started our program. I was uh, in the process of learning how to take care of situator because I didn't have experience. We didn't have a lot at first, but down the road, we were more well-known well and people would call us anytime they would see a situator. 
in every island of French Polynesia. And then we developed the education component. So it was very easy for us because the school would come with the buses, yeah. bring the kids, and we have an education program that is in the class, and then mm -hmm. they go and see Turon. And I was able to do that because I was able to create a good uh, communication network and have some fundings to be able to hire people. So mm -hmm. I didn't do that myself alone, of course. I was able to find very good people in education, yeah. in conservation, and uh, assistance with vets yeah. to put this together. And uh, of course, also the Mora Dolphin Center and the hotel help us at first to find the finance to create the place and to build our classroom, our lab, mm -hmm. and our, our office. So all that, all of that took some time, but I would say six years after that, in 2010, we were reaching full speed of the, of the NGO. We were able to be recognized by IUCN, for example, mm -hmm. get all local accreditation, and uh, just uh, wanted to, to yeah, do it more. Fast, huh? yeah. yeah, it was fast. Yeah, it was quite fast. fast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And also, you were able uh, to build a strong network, uh, yeah. funders, but also also with the politics. I guess yeah. it's really important. Yeah. So when I first started to be involved in uh, NGO, it was an NGO that is called. World Ocean Network. Mm -hmm. It was um, it was born in France at Nozica, but it's a, um, a network of uh, citizen science institute, research center, aquariums in the world that are the same topic, which is sharing knowledge mm -hmm. and uh, trying to make simple tools that are always updated and up to speed with new numbers and new facts. Yeah. And so we developed at that time with uh, Philippe Ballet. And this network, World Ocean Network, what we call the passport passport of the citizen of the ocean. Ah, passport C of the citizen of, of the, the ocean. ocean. And um, and this gave me the idea that I could try to do a very small, simple NGO in Tahiti, in French Polynesia, to be a link with this larger NGO. Yeah. So this helped me to have the first network. And then we took on board Jean-Michel Cousteau as our uh, godfather of yeah. our uh, foundation. We also had the French astronaut, Jean-François mm -hmm. Clairois, who helped us. And then we have all the people like Maud Fontenoy yeah. who came. And so all of these people are really helping us to create awareness and be known in this uh, worldwide you know, network about, yes. about people who try to do something to save the ocean. Yeah, to protect and save the yeah. ocean. Well, so obviously, uh, through everything that you already explained us, uh, it's pretty obvious to see that, uh, to see that how your work participate to conservation. But if you had to explain to us, I would say in a very practical manner, um, how your uh, NGO participate to conservation of species, how would you define that? So I think at first we we selected some iconic species. So Citor was one because of this Citor care mm -hmm. center that we were able to um, develop with the government support, of course. But then we also wanted to focus on marine mammals because yes. we figured out there was not a lot known about this uh, species in yeah. research or in conservation. We wanted also to be involved in coral reef. There is a lot of very high and well-known researchers at Creop Center, yeah. which is a French uh, research lab that just celebrated its uh, 50th anniversary. Wow. So there's a lot of publication yeah. everything. But we wanted to be the, the tool for them to be able to reach local people, you know, mm. to go with 
very simple words to them yeah. and mainly for us to the teachers. Mm -hmm. This is how we develop this very strong relationship with the Minister of Education of French Venezia. And we got, with our colleague who work with us in education, the accreditation for education uh, materials and games that we develop. So we started to be well known in this. And so we have been able uh, all together to welcome over 100,000 kids in a program, wow. which is huge. Yeah. For French Spanish, yeah, well, yeah, I can. I so can. at least we started in two or four, you know, so now some of these kids, wow. they are reaching the age of 30 or 35. Yeah. And so sometimes you just see them, you know, and you ask what they do. And um, it's interesting because at first we figure out what we teach them when they come. They may be a little shy and maybe not talk too much to their parents. And now we know, you know a lot has changed and everybody speaks yes. about what they learn and the kids have more power to the parents. Yeah. So they can be actually the voice. They actually educate their own parents. Yeah. Now way more than before. And... Also, what we figure out is that they are less shy to share their experience with others. And in order to do that, uh, some of them are showing the, the lead. And for example, we have this one kid who came to our program and we were able to show them the coral and the fish and everything. And after a few years, we figured out that the same person was able to create its own NGO. Oh, wow, that's crazy. So you got, you really inspire him to reach to the point where he actually wanted to do something for the planet, for the ocean. Yeah. And so now because they were younger than us, you yes. know, they have new tools um, for communication. Mm -hmm. And so they created, for example, this NGO, which is very well known now, which is uh, Core Gardeners. I don't know if you heard the no. name. No. But anyway, they, they take their own way now. and um, So it's all about protecting coral reefs? Yeah. Okay. So that's very important because sometimes people focus on, I would say, I, as you said very well, iconic species such as sea turtles or marine mammals. But they actually, unfortunately, forget about what is also really important in terms of ecosystem. Of course, yeah. And so I have another example. For example, we, ha we had... Um, we are welcoming a lot of uh, master students for their internship. Yeah. And a lot of them stayed in French Polynesia after that. One of them, for example, developed an NGO, specially uh, focusing on um, whales and dolphins. Yes. You know, in French Polynesia. So she came here because we welcomed her. And now she developed her own uh, NGO called Oceania. And she's so good that now with Temana Temana, we don't, Uh, do so much in this area because she took the lead in what yes, we were doing. Yes. So for Coral Reef, uh, there was an NGO for uh, uh, marine mammals protection. Yeah. And so I think now, after uh, 18 years of yeah. this uh, NGO, we are really focusing more on sea turtle, which is our like our iconic species, and we develop more and more training session for adults, for the general public, on sustainable uh, development, on how to recycle, reuse try to repair all the yeah. equipment, try to, uh, of course, for, um, you know, stop plastic, but yeah. also try to change the way we live Yeah, in every sense, you know, yes. stopping, um, wasting water and electricity and all of that. So I think because of this, we are seen more as a, as an NGO that is more oriented toward sustainable actions yes. to help local people. And not only taking care of sea, mm -hmm. uh, sea yeah, way yeah. more than it's way more global actually. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. And it's so it, it, I would say it's always the case uh, when you want to protect a species, uh, you need to protect the environment the species lives in. Yeah. So in this case, you need to, to be able to teach people and to help them to, to live in a way that is more sustainable for them, for the ocean they live in, because it's a, these are islands. So yeah. they, they rely on all, all the resources that the island can actually provide them. Yeah. So it's not just about one species, it's it's about their the habitat. Yes, yeah. the whole ecosystem. So, you know, I, I don't know if you know, Estelle, but here it's very interesting. In in um, in French Polynesia, the local people, they have, they used, because now we changed it, but they have no name for nature. Ah, yeah, the no, word nature does not exist. Why does it exist? Because we would oppose human and nature. Yeah. You know, it's like two words. Yeah. But for them... We are nature, and nature is us. So the word nature does not exist. Oh, that's great! It's very interesting. Everything is interconnected. That's it. So how they call it? It, it you... just it, they call it fenua, which is everything, fenua. including the human. Yeah, it's the nature. So we are part of it, the nature. Yes, yeah. all animals and human. Everything is the same, and we are all connected. So they knew that that long time before, you know. Yeah. So it's it's nothing new, but. We feel we should help them communicating that to the general public because what they have done is what we now are trying to relaunch. But Polynesian knew that long time before us, you know. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Yes. So yeah, they actually have the inner knowledge. Yeah, that's it. It's an, in their genes. Yeah. Basically. And they knew before how to, for example, go fishing in the lagoon without taking all the fish at once. They will do what we call a hawi, which is a local name. Okay. means that we fish in this area of the lagoon for a certain period, and then we stop fishing and we go to another one, yeah. which is what we do in agriculture yes. in order for the soil to be able to, you know, to re- regenerate. regenerate. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So just, that's a, well, so we have to learn from them, actually. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So it's a mutual exchange. Like you're teaching them, but they're also teaching you. Yeah. yeah. And then the more and more of this young generation that we were lucky enough to be able to have access to our yeah. program. Now they all develop their own NGO. They want, they all want to be like proactive, uh, you know, in this yeah. area. And so there is a lot that is changing and it's very reassuring yes. in a way. Yeah. Um, and it's re- rewarding as well because yeah. you really yeah. were the inspiration, right? Yeah, so they yeah. actually yeah. felt somehow, you know, you actually give them the very idea. Modestly, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, modestly. Yeah, very modestly. But, you know, yeah. you, you plant the seed. Yeah, like yeah, it was it. there and yeah. then it yeah. started growing. Yeah. So. And then I would say there is another point that uh, really helped um, Temano Temuana NGO to be successful is the link we had since the beginning with tourism. Yeah. Because being able to be hosted in a, in an hotel yeah. gave us a very high visibility, mm-hmm. not only for tourists, but mm-hmm. also for local visitors, yeah. you know, and it's giving us a place where we have, you know, security and mm-hmm. everything we need to be able to work there. And also uh, now we are trying to help uh, the resort where we are to develop more their sustainable uh, vision with their staff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important now to make sure that we take enough time to explain to everybody we meet. Yeah. And in in the, in the big business, you know, with many employees, it's harder. But why do we do that, and how important it is? Yeah. So for the Pacific Beachcomber, which is the name of the group mm-hmm. um, that hosts this hotel, okay. um, I'm now helping them as a consultant to try and develop their sustainable development overall, and also trying to get to every single staff, the time to explain them the core value, you know, the SDG mm-hmm. and all of that, because 
sometimes I don't understand why we put so much focus on one species. Why do we want to save turtle? Why do we want to save corn? And all of that is, is uh, linked together. Yes. And at the same time, the more we can teach them a very small uh, example of what they could change in, a, in their daily life, that they, they learn during their work time in a hotel, but then they go back and they change the way they live. And, mm -hmm. and this is what, if we put everything together, we'll make a lot of change, yeah. you know, bigger change. That's a profound change. Yeah. yeah. So... You inspired new new generation, obviously. Even if you think it's modest, it's for me yeah, it's, it's a big change. Who or what inspire you? Oh, okay, so it's a very interesting question because when I was younger, like ten, I lived in the south of France, uh, close to Bordeaux, and my passion, very very strong passion, was horses. I would oh. go and I would. I would ride horses all the time. I would go there, clean the boxes. And yeah. you know, I mean, be, I was, this was my life. So I would go to school and go to see horses and take care of them. And then when I wanted to become a vet, mm -hmm. my only goal was to become a vet for horses. Yeah, an equine vet. Yeah, equine vet. And then, okay, I did a study. I went to Nantes as a, a vet school. And when I arrived there, I went to the, the local area where I could be in contact with horses. And I didn't really feel the spirit. I mean, it was so different from the place I was before yeah. in a very little town. And I didn't feel that the overall atmosphere was something I, I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And and for some reason, I met somebody who was so much passionate about dolphins yeah. that I don't know why, but then I become passionate about dolphins. But there are many similitudes between yeah. dolphins and horses. Yeah. So actually, you know... Yeah. You and so right on the, that's the right path. So I, was, I, was, I was never uh, passionate about ocean, sea, or everything. But then horse, um, dolphins was an interesting subject for me to study, for the physiology, yeah. for the diving abilities and all of that. So I went into that. I did a lot of research. I visited so many places. I did an internship at Maryland. Then I did my veterinary uh, thesis on, on the subject. And I'm like, this is a patient. I will never be able to live with that as yeah. a vet. But at least I try to concentrate some of my time to try and better understand the ma major issues of yes. the ocean. And then when you create a small uh, network, this ne network will expand and yeah. all the people that inspires you. And then that's why I created the yeah. one. It's like it's time now to put everything together in a format that will help us being more active, more efficient mm -hmm. and work with a team, you know, yeah. because... You, by just yourself, you cannot accomplish a lot, but yes. you need to have a team. Yeah, you. a good yeah. team. Yeah. A village yeah, surrounding you. Yeah. Yes. And so, so your daily inspiration is for you by thinking back at this memory from where you were a kid or, or looking at the ocean, like, you know, this energy, this inspiration, because that's a, like all this work that you're doing because you do a lot of meetings now yeah. it's it's way more i would say um yeah it's it's way more about raising funds yeah. writing up grants and things like that which sometimes can be overwhelming oh yeah so where do you get this okay so you know, think, this park i think when i was uh, wondering what job i would do yeah even though horses was my patient i was really passionate about Mm, I would not say biology, but understanding life, yes. understanding how life appeared on Earth, you know. And then 
I think my big question was, how about all these sea creatures that live all the time in the ocean? How do they do that? How do they, what do they do at night? Like dolphin, what, what do they do at night? How do they find the food? Why do they migrate? What some do not migrate? So it's more a question about mystery about the life in the ocean yeah. that created a big interest. But then, of course, and you just see it, when you come and, and yeah. settle and live in French Polynesia, yeah. the water and the ocean is yeah, everywhere. Yeah, so the energy like of the ocean is yeah. just like, yeah. Yeah, it surrounds you everywhere. Yeah. And so you're, you get the strength yeah. and, the, and the wind as well, because it's, uh, yeah. it's also pretty windy. Yeah. So I guess all this energy surrounds you. And yeah. yeah. And then, for example, I, I was lucky enough to meet Jean-Michel Cousteau, who yes. was coming very often here yeah. in French Polynesia. And then the first day we met, is like, we have the same vision. We yeah. want to do the same. I mean, he has been developing with Ocean Future Society education program. I mean, everything that we do and we're like, basically we do it in our small island in Moria. He yeah. does it in Santa So Barbara. it's also energy from yeah. other people that you meet and yes, then you... Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I can feel that. Right. <laughs> I know what you're, you're, you're just saying. Yeah. So we're now pretty close to the end of this episode. If you had a message to deliver to new generation, what would that be? That could be several words, that can be a sentence, it can be something... Like what, yeah. what so, you say? know, I think the most important for me is to tell the young generation that they have to do what they feel they need to do. For example, we have so many requests for internship or um, students who want to do uh, volunteering actions with us. We sometimes are able to tell them yes, because sometimes we take volunteers, but we have to say no to so many. And because we have so many requests. So really, when I started, I remember before even coming here, I wrote a letter because at the time we had no email, you know. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I wrote a letter to this guy. His name is Michael Poon, and he's a, a dolphin uh, specialist yeah. or researcher based in Moria. He never answered me, which is normal. I mean, I guess he had so many requests as we do now. But anyway, I just decided to go and meet him. And I met him when I came here. Same, when I was doing my vet yeah. research Sorry, yes. <laughs> on, uh, on free diving, the one guy who wrote so many scientific papers was Sam Ridgway, yes. working in the Navy. I'm like, okay, I was writing him once, twice, like letters for yes. like three weeks. I think he's uh, such an important person in the world of yeah. marine mammals. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, I take my plane. And I go to San Diego. And I arrived at San Diego at the, at the door of the Navy. I said, oh, hello, I want to see Sam Ridgway with my French accent, very bad. <laughs> And they're like, do you have a, a, an appointment? No, no. And so he called him and Sam, he remember I watched him. He'd never answer me. He said, oh, yes, by the way, I can have lunch with you. So I ended up having lunch with him. Like it was like so scary for me. I, I was not able to speak good English. But, you know, his life was dedicated to that. Yes. So I learned so much. I'm like, from now on, I will never stop. Yeah. You know, so f just to go back to the question for the young generation, even if they are not doing very extensive study, like university, university study, if they want just to start a very small action, it could be an NGO, any kind of activity. If they feel they want to do that and they have the patient, they have to do it. Yeah. And then even though it's hard to do it, I mean, it's always hard to start yeah. something, but they have to follow what their heart is telling them to do. Yeah. And they have not to be shy. And also I think what is very important is to Try to find um, advisor, yeah, advisor a mentor, mentor, mentor. done some action, even in different fields. Yes. But then you fear that we're all crazy. I mean, so why do we do that? You yeah. know, when I was little, I would never think I would do that. So anyway, it's good to tell them 
my way is my way because I met these people and I, I took the opportunity at yeah. some time. Never. And you're also a go-getter. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's really yeah. important. Like you want something. Okay. You know what? Yeah. If by just writing the person, you're not able to get what you then want. You go. Well, yeah, you yeah. just take your, and your yeah. ticket. And but at that time, you know, it was, it was, what? it was in 1990. Yeah. So that's crazy. Taking a plane, going there, yeah. you took a taxi is like, uh, I'm I mean, going to the Navy, job. like, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, now it's not possible anymore. But yeah, I, I can I can see how yeah. I love your story. Yeah. That's but for, for young people, they have to do the same. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. yeah. And I think this will create into the, the overall you know, network of people who are passionate. Mm. All of these small actions will become very uh, yeah. meaningful yeah. and have. And you have, have to be proactive yeah. and to really. Yeah, go yeah. get what you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. And so be I persistent as well. Be persistent. So I yeah. love that. Sometimes people write to us and we don't have the time to answer. But then they call or they come and see you. And it's like, okay, you know, I did the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cecile, thank you so, so much. Thank you. It was wonderful to yeah. have you as my guest today. Thank you. I'm going to give you a hug because... Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and so, yeah, I guess I'm going to tell you bye-bye and uh, see you very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wildlife Conservation Insights podcast. You can find more about myself and the show, including our guests, on estelvet.com. If you like it, please share it. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Every other week, I will from now on present about wildlife health news around the world in the new show called What's Going On in the Wildlife Side. This show will still be part of the Wildlife Conservation Insights podcast as a bonus. Don't hesitate to reach out. Bye-bye.